All right, we have hit the uh, record, so we can start whenever we feel like it. All right, welcome to the N Word for Nerd podcast. Thank you guys for joining us once again. Please remember to like, share, subscribe, but also we really want you guys to comment. We talk about a lot of craziness on here, and I know all of you guys have opinions, and as the Duke of All Nerds will say, you you, you can have an opinion, you just may be wrong, or you are wrong. wrong. You are wrong. (laughs) (laughs) So... But definitely uh, hit us up with that. Uh, before we jump into introductions, let's go into our famous top section, which is this week we're doing a top five. And what is our top five? In honor of Luca, we're doing top five Pixar movies. So as always, we're going to go round robin all the way from five to one. Let's go ahead and start with you, Jason, the Duke of All Nerds. What is your number five favorite Pixar movie? Number five favorite Pixar movie of all time is Wally. That movie is probably one of the, like, it had no dialogue in it for the, like, the first, I want to say, hour of that movie. And yet you were still engaged. You were still engrossed in Wally's plight as he lives on these trash, abandoned Earth and and tries to court Eve. It is great. Uh, Obviously, all the characters, all the human characters die at the end because there's no way they can survive on the planet at being as grossly obese as they are. But <laughs> still, but also, Wally walked them to their deaths. <laughs> yes, yeah. and also they must have been eating people on that spaceship because they were only supposed to be out there for like five years, and then they end up being out there for seven hundred. They were eating people in their little slurpees. But still, such an excellent movie. That's my number five. All right, um, I'm gonna go next. My number five is going to be Coco. I do love, one, the Latin American flair for it, but I also enjoy just the storyline of just the Day of the Dead and how he goes through that and the twist, figuring out, you know, who the skeleton was to him and his family in relation, I thought was really awesome, as well as just the, the, the archetypes they set up. Um, so I'm going to go with Coco. I know some of it's a homer pick because it is like a minority in it, and I always got to root for the minority. So Coco is my number five. You are so wrong, Jason. Oh. Yeah, Coco's on my list, but it's definitely not five. It's, it's definitely five. not five. I yeah. don't. I don't know if I can talk to you. A hundred percent five. Because yeah. Anyway, go ahead, Jared. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, number five for me. Onward. Uh, I, I'm a big fucking nerd. I mean, I like Dungeons and Dragons and shit like that. So, um, Onward was phenomenal. The voice cast was great. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it's you know, you see the animators. They're not doing anything like overtly special with it, but they are clearly masters of their craft and uh yeah i was just on board for it the entire time so all right well jason a jason number a back on you what is your number four <laughs> number a my number four is incredibles two and here is wow. why here is why isn't it incredible got that dunk in that movie man <laughs> that booty and in incredibles too like i don't notice it in incredibles one but incredibles two i was like man she is packing some junk in her trunk oh my goodness <laughs> Ooh <wee. laughs> also the, the the fight between jack jack and the raccoon is hilarious i also think like that story-wise i think uh incredible two is a little bit better than incredibles one y'all me tell me wow Differently, but That's, hey, I just think it's a it's a much better <laughs> sequel movie than than the original. Please also, kill him that, like I killed me for Coco. Incredibles one isn't on your list. <laughs> that means Incredibles one is not on my list. Oh Mostly Lord, because of booty. <laughs> <laughs> Please, kill look, him I had a, I had a really 
real struggle deciding which one to put, and I was like, booty wins out. So, <laughs> so Incredibles well, 2 over Incredibles 1 is number four. I think you just don't remember Incredibles 1 very well because Dude, Incredibles, I Incredibles 1, 1. I've seen it a thousand times. Well, it's you don't remember that, that she, she put on her new suit, and that's the first thing she did was check out her ass in it. In Incredibles it's 1. a little bit thicker yeah. in Incredibles 2, man. It's oh, just a little bit go. more. <laughs> like they would feel like they must have kept them animators in a closet for a year because they were <laughs> they put some extra on that one. <laughs> boo, boo that man. Uh, I'm gonna number, my number four is going to be up, and everybody knows simply the opening sequence and up is probably the best thing Pixar has ever done when it comes to emotional attachment and making you cry. That alone, like, just does it. Um, again, I guess a common theme here another minority, I guess the kid is the Asian kid, if quasi. If you want to say that, they don't really <laughs> lean in fully, but enough that we know he's Asian. And I think just the story between him and um, the older gentleman, and like I said, the opening scene is crazy good. And I like it also, too, because I heard the Pixar theory, and I like the way Up fits into the Pixar theory with talking animals. So I am a little biased. It makes my list because of all those facets as well. So Up is my number four favorite Pixar movie. Uh, oh, I got no for that. Good. Great, great. Up is on my list too. It's not number four. I, I <laughs> yeah. feel like you're just you're scaling down these movies, man. <laughs> uh, Incredibles one is my number four. Um, phenomenal movie. Okay. Uh, did superheroes well when superheroes were still kind of like finding good movies. I think um, characters are great. Uh, uh, I'm always going to be a little salty about movies that have a speedster that don't use that utilize them properly. And Dash <laughs> is kind of. He's he's a little he's a little underpowered because uh, I mean a speedster is very OP if you write him right. So, uh, but other than that, Incredibles is not my number four. So the kid speedster who was never used to, used to allow to use his powers to practice, he's <laughs> undervalued his speed, and he yeah. and you're figuring he's out why he didn't. Yep. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I think that was the point, Jared. I think that was the point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, number three. I get Violet having to co like concentrate and figure out doing the whole like the whole um, uh, getting her her you know uh, force fields together. That yeah. that's a difficult power to get your head around. That kid's been moving since he could crawl. So I mean, it's just doing it faster. Yeah, he should he should be more uh, attuned with his powers than Violet was because yeah yeah, but I mean, he was though he he was more attuned and with therefore his powers. he should have been utilized. <laughs> Well, but that's why the, the earned moment is the running on water. It, it all fits. The earned moment Either is way. when he realizes, oh, shit, I am really faster than I thought it was. Like, well, anyway, I'm going to let you guys have that. Incredible one. Number three. Have that dunk, though. <laughs> <laughs> Number three Look. for me is up. Uh, okay. As you said, Jason, that, that opening sequence is a tearjerker. Like, if you did not feel anything for, for uh, Carl and, El and Ellie, yeah, it's Ellie, after that, you are a heartless human being, and you just die. But even then, the, still, the rest of the movie is just hilarious. It's a good, you know, I would say, you know, odd couple movie, and it's 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 one of their it's one of their best. Obviously, there's my their, their third best in my opinion. So mm -hmm. <laughs> that's my number three. No, no disagreement there. It's higher than mine. I think my number three is actually I think your last one, Wally, and for the the exact same reason you said. To imagine in this era, in a kid's movie, no one talking for like 45 minutes <laughs> and you're still interested, it almost made my number one because that how hard that feat is. You guys are writers. You guys know, and you're and both of you guys are animation guys. 
So and, how hard is it to captivate a captivate an audience for that long without any verbal like it? That's just chef's kiss. Like so, that is my number three. And only reason other things got ahead of it is because of legitimate personal sentimental value, less about the quality of the movie versus Wally. <laughs> Jaren, yeah. y'all are gonna y'all are gonna hate my number one. Um, I can already tell. <laughs> I'm already feeling the hate. It's Fighting Nemo. It's Cars 3. It's Cars 3. Right, right. Yes, it is. Watch it. Planes. Obviously, guys, it's planes. Um, uh, my number three is Coco. Um, other than Disney trying to buy or, or trademark uh, Dios de Morte afterwards because they thought that they needed to own that holiday, which is some, some evil Disney shit that they get up to. Other than that, um, visually, uh, one of the most captivating movies. I think they really leaned into the uh, the culture and they really, really, really created something beautiful and something timeless with it. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, the story itself is is not overly complicated, but it is executed exceptionally well, I think. And it was one of those movies that uh, kids will keep up with it, but parents will be entertained by it. So. And visually, again, visually, I loved uh, all the black light stuff and all when they were in the, the land of the dead and everything. I thought it was very cool. So <laughs> I think no. that's why Coco's lower on my list is just because the <clears throat> complexity of the story wasn't crazy. But the, like I always call it, the Pixar twist was amazing as hell with the whole family thing. So, I mean, we're, we're, right now we're literally splitting hairs legitimately <laughs> with these and orders we, right like, now. These movies, <laughs> all these movies are yeah. masterwork. There are yes. pieces of art. Even Cars 2 and 3. Slow down down on Cars 2. Slow down on Cars 2. (laughs) They all lose points. We're really just splitting hairs at this point. But I guess we're going to go to number 2. We're going to do a number 2 now. I I was going to cheat and say uh, Luxor Jr., which is one of their first shorts they ever did, but I'm going to actually say Toy Story, the original Toy Story. And here is the reason why. Seven years after Toy Story came out, I went to art school and studied animation. And to think about the things that they did in order to get Toy Story on film is mind-boggling to a, to me as a person who studied this shit. All right, I don't understand. I don't think people understand the amount of complexity that went into creating that kids movie. It mm-hmm. is almost, and I'm probably over exaggerating just a little bit. But it's almost like going to the moon on how technically uh, advanced they did what they did was. They literally like added, did something that people have been doing for a hundred years, regular two D animation, and added a master's level of complexity to it to make something that, um, in some people, in some regards, looks worse, looks not as good as a really good, well hand drawn two D animation, but mm-hmm. like. The things that they they did is just it is mind boggling, and I kind of hate that people think that these three D animation is kind of like an easy thing to do because it is not. Even the worst three D animated movie takes years out of people's time to do, and they did that shit. I think they started in ninety nineteen ninety when they started Toy Story, and they took them five years to to get that on the screen, and you know in ways using technology they had to create the technology to even do it like mm-hmm. it's mind-boggling that's why toy story is number two in my book because just the the technological marvel that it is and it should be 
just All the humans that were nightmare creatures. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were definitely nightmare because they didn't know how to do it. They didn't know how to do it at that point. No, no subsurface scattering. It would no no, subsur- no, no, yeah. no. They didn't have rigs. They didn't have UV texture editing. They didn't have any of that stuff. It's like, oh my god, it's mind blowing how they were able to achieve such a. And they also they didn't do movies before this. They did two minute shorts. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. thirty seconds on a movie on on on. Uh, Star Trek one, you know, and then they come up and do a full length feature film when they've no one has done it before, is completely mind boggling to me. That's why Toy Story to me is number two. I mean, it's it's the father of all this shit. So I mean, it's hard to argue with that. When I have no, I mean, especially your rationale. And my kind of makes me want to change my list, but <laughs> I'm I'm a, I'm a still ride. Um, my number two is The Incredibles. I think. Besides the dunk comment, I mean, <laughs> it's incredible. Even movie. though she, but even though she does go, "Girl, do my butt look big?" She kind of do that, like straight off the. But anyway, uh, the dunk is in it. But also, I think, no, let's call it the spade a spade. The Incredibles gave Marvel the Marvel formula. The Incredibles became what Marvel eventually became. The formula for Marvel was like, "Hey, we need to get endearing characters that act like regular people to get cut people to buy into it." And then go from there. And then they did the thing that the Incredibles did something in comic book movies. And it's hard for most movies, but definitely in comic book movies, they did something that most people don't do. They gave the villain a legitimate reason to be an asshole and do what he wanted to do. Like it is people that be like, "Oh, Killmonger's right. Syndrome's right." Like <laughs> Syndrome had a legitimate reason from how he was treated and the trauma he experienced to be like, "Yeah, this sucks that because I wasn't born a certain way." I can't be you guys. So you know what? Fuck you guys. I'm going to make sure everybody could be you guys. And then you guys won't exist anymore because now every, that is a beautiful way to do it. Now, do we agree? Uh, whatever. But the point is the rationale strong enough that you can get behind that villain's ideology and go, I see why he's bitter. I see why he wants to do this. I understand why he's that dude. So that's, I mean, you got to think about it. If you go before the Incredibles, it's not many comic book movies that give you that feel from the villain side. That you actually care about. I mean, you can get crazy villain, you can get psycho villain, but it's rare to get a villain that you actually have some kind of sympathy for because you know he's not totally wrong, just going about it the wrong way. So, number two, <laughs> the credibles. I know it doesn't have as much dunk as two. So I'm sorry I'm judging it on storytelling. I'm gonna go with, <laughs> go with the incredibles as my number two. What you got, Jared? Uh, my number two is uh, it's got a two in the title. Um, it is Incredibles two. Um, okay, I he's higher than mine. <laughs> <laughs> I liked Incredibles two. I thought the fact that they were able to jump right back into it what fourteen years after the original and it didn't miss a beat. Everybody was back. Uh, the voice actors were killing it. Um, and it was like, it was like they released it two years after it was like, it was one of the toy stories or one of the cars movies. It was just, they didn't skip a beat. Uh, the story progressed well, and I liked the direction they took it in. Uh, and I do have to agree with you on syndrome. And I also like that. I think there's something in the idea that he did the opposite of what Thanos did instead of snapping away half of the people we all joke that Thanos should have just doubled the things that people have the the you know the resources. Well, syndrome <laughs> syndrome instead of hunting down all the supers said no 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 I'm not going to eradicate all the supers to make everybody even again. I'm going to make everybody a super so that nobody's special, which I thought was so I like that idea that he was there was almost a more positive thing to his sinister plan. So, but um, 
he didn't want to murder everybody. He just wanted yeah. everybody to be the same. Right. right. <laughs> he, he wanted to murder people enough to get his technology to where he could yeah. fight supers. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sacrifices <laughs> were made. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah By other people. Not other people. <laughs> <laughs> so here it comes, guys. Number one. Hold on. Hold on. But you don't think Dash was nerfed even more in Incredibles 2? I feel like he was nerfed even more in the Incredibles 2. They all were nerfed. He, yeah. <laughs> They 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 were definitely focusing more on Jack Jack. I think just in general, they were like, "Oh, yeah. a, new, a new super." So the story went there um, more. But I mean, I don't know. Everybody was present. I, I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I I think it sits higher on my list simply because of the amount that of ass. that passed. That ass. <laughs> if we're gonna talk about asses, though, I know it's going outside of Pixar, but it's still in the same family. We got to talk about. The aunt from uh, Big Hero Six, that girl had a dick yeah. too. She was rocking. Yeah, facts. Yes. Sorry for objectifying these fictional characters. Look here, man. They're not real. They're all in our <laughs> fantasies. <laughs> all right, like you, like Jaren had alluded to, Jason, number A. What is your number one Pixar movie so, so far? Both of you have already have talked about this movie, which is Coco, which is my number one. Mm. Uh, but you also talk about, you know, how your later ones are going to be emotionally, um, you know, based on emotion rather than like, you know, technological or story wise. Coco for me is number one because, I mean, if you've ever lost a loved one, you know how Coco feels. You know, like how Miguel feels or even how Coco feels when she finally realizes that that song was something that her dad used to sing to her back when she was a little tiny girl. And at the end, when Miguel sings that to her, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I ugly cried. I didn't tear up. I didn't have. <laughs> I ugly cried. I was blubbering. There was snot coming out of my nose. There was tears running in my, my cheeks. My son was sitting next to me. And goes, oh, this is a nice movie. I'm sitting here bawling. I am crying very, very hard. That hit me on so many levels. I have lost loved ones. I'm sure many people have, but. When he sings this song to Coco, like in my heart, it just warmed its way in and locked itself inside. And I love that movie for it. It is just a wonderful piece of work. And all the other stuff that y'all guys said too was great too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that shit, that shit meant some shit too. But yeah, yeah. But this is why. Uh, but that is the reason why it's in my heart is remember me when he sang that to Coco. Oh my god, that's why it's my number one. And um. So my number one again, I, I again I love Coco. So I know y'all thought I was too low, but I love Coco. My number one is probably going to be get the most heat for all this. I but I'm gonna lead right into it. We're gonna see. Um, yeah, yeah, cars two and planes both <laughs> together, back to back. Number one. Uh no, um, uh, my number one is Toy Story Three. And That's I will perfect. tell you why Toy Story Three is my number one. I think coming back after Toy Story One, which is an all-time classic. Toy Story 2, another all-time classic. At the moment, Toy Story 3 was going to be the wrap-up of this quote-unquote trilogy. Most threes are letdowns, let alone. But most threes, when you are trying to wrap up a series, can never be as good as the first two by any means or any way possible. I feel like threes just as good as the, the first two, but I think it's even more emotionally weighty because, I mean, who didn't feel like the incinerator scene was like, Maybe the end. Like I looked at my watch. They it was were like, down we're for an hour and a half in. They're like, this yeah. is it. <laughs> we're yeah. we're together. Like, That's all that matters. Yeah. Fuck it. Man, I'm like, 
But, you know, they stuck the landing. Andy giving his toys to another, you know, a girl to, to get the new generation for them to go forward. I think when I said my number one and two were personal things, I still remember to this day when it was my mother. We I had a bunch of Ninja Turtle toys. I used to love Ninja Turtles. That's why, you know, I like Out of the Shadows for crazy reasons. Anyway, so I have a bunch of uh, <laughs> Ninja Turtles. And I remember the day that I gave my toys, my Ninja Turtles, to um, we were like helping like homeless shelters and X, Y, and Z. And my, my mother was like, well, you don't play with them anymore. Let's donate them. And I still remember to this day donating my toys to these kids. And you would have thought these were brand new Royce Royce, the way they reacted to getting these toys. Like, you know, and I could, and they were playing Leonardo's fighting Donatello, Leonardo's fighting Shredder, Raphael. Like these kids were in full mode with these toys that I gave them this, this gift. And so when that move part of the movie came, I was like, like how she opened the box and was uh, I, I remember just, I got goosebumps because I remember when I gave away my toys, looking at those kids being like, this means way more to them than these guys sitting in my box in the corner of my room. And it, it just, it hit me there. The incinerator scene hit me there. Even, uh, God forgive me, I can't think of his name now. Um, the, the the teddy bear, his whole story, why he became a jerk and didn't want to deal with any more kids. Like <laughs> it, it all it just, it was a good tie-in, a good finishing. Now, granted, it didn't last because, you know, they went on to do part four, but at the right at the time, three I felt was just like, "Fuck yeah!" This is how this is how you do a trilogy. Pay attention. This is how you do a trilogy from now on. But you know, money money talks, bullshit walks. So there you go. We got a part of four, which is still great. But yeah, that's my number one. Toy Story three. All right, Jaron. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, start the hate trains because here, uh, my number one is Brave. I fucking love Brave. Wow. Uh, technical aspect. That's, that's that's a brave move right there. I'm going to tell you that Hell right yeah, now. Hell yeah, it's a brave <laughs> move. <laughs> From a technical aspect, and uh, I know Jason A can back me up on this, uh, that hair system that they built was insane. There's nothing that, I mean, they, they moved the mark on that one big time. Uh, I thought it was the perfect amount of drama with the... The mom and and uh, Merida, and then the three little brothers were the right <laughs> amount of comedy, uh, the com comedic relief, constantly trying to steal their jam tarts or whatever. And the, the dad, the dad was hundred percent wooden, but he had a good arc in his story. But again, I loved the uh, the location. I loved, of course, uh, you did. Well. <laughs> I'm just joking. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hey, look, look. I was gonna wait till you finished to talk about the bias, but I'm gonna wait. <laughs> um, also, uh, to do running through all these, it it's like the the only one with a uh, like the main character being a female. I think out of everything we talked about. Now there are female secondary characters in Incredibles, obviously, but I mean this is like just a her story versus. I think everybody else is primarily dudes, if not all. I think you're right. So, well, no, on our list, yeah, on our list, because we're dudes and we don't want to talk about Elsa and all, which I know is Disney. That's that Disney. Pixar, but <laughs> yeah. again, I said I know it's Disney, but we don't want to talk about. If we were doing Disney movies, y'all would put Frozen in your top five. Probably that, that soundtrack slaps. Yeah. Oh, wait, it's not soundtrack, be Moana. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want to say, I want to say, I want to say, soundtracks. Moana's yeah. ripping everybody's head off and drinking the blood. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. In that in that scenario, it'd be Big Hero Six number one all the way. I, I, and, <laughs> why haven't they made a sequel for that? That's fantastic. They should. Big Hero, Big Hero Seven. Marvel. 
<laughs> I don't think that's how it works. Yeah. yeah they should have just made the other five movies first, yeah. and then they could have But yeah, so again, I'm sure the hate trains are coming, but uh, Brave is my number one. Uh, I, and I highly, it, it, it might be one of those ones that, you know, you guys all have in your collection. But it's been a while. Uh, I, I recommend running back and watching through it again because I watched it for the first time again probably about th- three, four months ago, and I hadn't watched it for a couple of years. And that's what that's it. That's when it became my favorite. I was like, wow, I I really didn't give this as much love and as credit when I first watched it as I that it, is, it deserves. So, and it's probably one of those first Disney movies with a Disney princess princess that uh, you know bucks the trope of. Or having to find a man that she has to love, and, and yeah, in fact, that was that was the part of the storyline. Is like she didn't want to find no damn man. Right. So, like you know, they did that in later movies, especially like in Moana or in Frozen. <laughs> but Brave was the first one that did that. So, yeah. you mean the first one to say that, that she's a lesbian? Yeah, that one. Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> Look, hey, I'm only going off Wreck-It Ralph. I'm only, <laughs> hey, I'm only going off Wreck-It Ralph. They made her a straight lesbian. In the princess they also scene, made and, uh, it skinnier in that movie too. Yeah, they did. They did. They lost a little bit of hip in that. Well, yeah, you gotta get that. Di- the Disney gotta whip you in the shape. The mouse gotta whip you in shape, bro. <laughs> he, he don't play. He don't play. He don't play them love handles and that dunk. Crackers and drinking water from. Yeah, the- yeah. <laughs> you don't get no dunk when you with the with Disney in the mouse. <laughs> um, the yeah, well, great too. Honorable mention. Yo, oh yeah, also phenomenal. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I don't disagree too much with Brave being number one. Actually, I watched it maybe a half a year ago. They were putting it at the um, Web Gen movie theater, and I took the girls to go see it in the theaters, and they loved it. So, I mean, it, yeah. I, I didn't attach to it, but they they really like Brave. Like they attached to it very easily. So, neither here nor there. So, I could I could see your side of it on that one. All right, um, let's go really quick in the intros because we spent a lot of time on Pixar, which I can speak. It's been a whole episode on that. Let's be completely honest here. Yeah. Uh, so, as I mentioned before, Jason number A, the Duke of All Nerds. How's it going, Jason? Everything going it's great? Going. We're here again, another day alive. Hooray. <laughs> Absolutely. Ducking that uh that Pamaranda. Uh <laughs> we have Jaron the token up at the top or whatever section it will be here. And if you're listening <laughs> to audio, you've heard his beautiful voice. Jaron is how's it going, man? It is going great. Glad to be here. Always good to see you guys. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. I'm glad we're here. Also, I know I'm just even better because I do some barbs at Jaron earlier today. And I want to, and we had to like reconcile and you know, ugly cry and hug it out. So I just want to say that I'm glad he's here. I'm glad that he's my friend and we have a wonderful friendship. And but again, we love the show doing it together as well as just hanging out and talking shit to each other. So, with that being said, everybody's listening. This is actually being recorded before the new Rick and Morty episode comes out. So please don't give a shit. Yes, it is come on because we're recording this on Sunday night. Please, and that Sunday night when it's on, but Sunday night before it's on. Do not give a shit that we did not talk about it in this episode. Tune in next week, and we will talk about it. And please remember to like, share, subscribe here at Hair Cannon Circus, and comment below to let us know. Let's go jump right into it to geek and nerd news. I'm going to lower this because we took a lot more time on Pixar. So we're going to scrap a lot of this stuff, and let's go to... Uh, they just announced uh, Jason, number A's favorite show is returning. <laughs> Titans season three trailer has dropped. And Jason, number A, what are your thoughts on Titans season three? This show to me, and I don't want to make light of this, but this is, I'm making light of this. It's like I'm in a, I'm in a, an abusive relationship with the show. <laughs> it, 
it hates me, but I love it. <laughs> and I'm going to be watching season three, even though everything about this show just is abusive to me and it, it hurts so bad. But I'm here. I'm I'm watching it and I'm going to be like crying with bruises. Like, no, I fell down the stairs. <laughs> Let's go. It's not, it's not him. It's me. Season three, Jaren. Has the homeless girl they got playing uh, the the magic chick? Has she said uh, Metriosynthos yet or whatever? Has she said her magic words yet? Nope. Yep. So, nope. Nothing for it. <laughs> All She's right. literally the worst part of that show, by the way. <laughs> 100%. 1,000%. Moving right along. Uh, Mortal Kombat Legends Battle of the Realms. A new Mortal Kombat is going to be released this, I guess, late this summer, supposedly. Uh, this is the sequel to Scorpion's Revenge. So, aka, this is the good Mortal Kombat that came out, not the, the shitstorm that HBO Max gave us. Um, Jason, your thoughts on the new, the sequel to this Mortal Kombat animated series? <laughs> Scorpion's Revenge was badass. Awesome. And, like, it was great. And then they gave us Mortal Kombat, which I enjoyed, but it was not as good as their animated show so if they keep making good animation shows then keep making them this is gonna be great hopefully they didn't get the director of the live action one to do this because then it's gonna be like we're gonna have useless characters and dumb powers and dumb <laughs> Kano's gonna be awesome for no reason yeah <laughs> right, 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 right. Kano's gonna be the best part of this movie and then nothing else is gonna be good <laughs> Honestly, I think the episode, the title of this episode is going to do something with that dunk because it was announced that uh, Chippendale Park Life, July 28th, will be showing up on Disney+. Plus. Why we said that is because Jaren has select comments about what the show was about. And so, Jaren, let's go ahead and add, please reiterate what you were talking about with this show. Oh, no, I, I just, we were, there. Were, the question was posed, is this going to be Chippendale Rescue Rangers or is it just going to be like, the classic Chip and Dale that are just a bother to Donald Duck, and uh, also I'm not sure who the animation team is. Is it the uh, is it the Ducktales animation team? I mean, are we getting kind no, of this one looks color? it looks crazy, man. The trailer for it looks crazy. Oh, I guess the opening segment of it it looked crazy, bro. And it's oh. going to be like the regular no pants Chip and Dale, not wearing you know Sorry, actually no dope shit. Yeah, if they don't have Monterey Jack and they don't have Gadget in there, I mean, I don't. What are we even doing? I mean, Chip and Dale are great, but I mean, where, where are my people at? <laughs> yes, yeah, so Jaren, in my life, <laughs> right? Jaren used to admire uh, Gadget's dunk back in the day. So, going on. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, going on. Uh, E3 was there, and again, because we're we're making the segment shorter, we're not gonna go over everything. But we did have Metroid Dread is going to be dropping. This October, Jaren, you excited about this? Uh, I am. I've I've been a big fan of the Metroid series. This idea that there is something that you will occasionally run into that is unstoppable, kind of like that big lady in the new Resident Evil that you know everybody wants her to crush him or whatever the fuck that is. I would like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> crush me, big lady, crush me. Um, <laughs> It, it, that that idea is very cool, uh, and if it, if they can balance it right, I think it'll be a great game. Because otherwise, it looks like just like that classic, awesome two D Metroid that we all love and know. So, all right, another game was announced: the uh, Zelda uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild two, and the trailer is up. It's going to be out two thousand and twenty two. Uh, Jason, Zelda fan, thoughts, concerns? That's, that's too far. They shouldn't. They shouldn't have said that. I'm going to be sitting here like a drug addict waiting for it to drop 
<laughs> like, so now you're going, <laughs> you got it ready yet? Let me just get a little, little bit. Let just uh, let me play this link for like 15 minutes. <laughs> uh, like, Jaren, what is the best Legend of Zelda game if you had to go on a record right now? Uh, actually, Breath of the Wild is my favorite video game of all time. Wow, all yeah. time. That's some that's some strong words. You didn't even say Ocarina of Time. Like what the fuck? Man? Yeah, but you know what? The, the 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 water temple, you know, took it down a notch and breath of the had that shit. So uh Jason number A, your favorite Legend of Zelda game of all time? Ocarina of Time. Okay, I figured that's what it was. All right, just wanted to confirm it. All right, last bit of news today. Uh still standing in the video game realm, and I'm gonna fuck up the how we say this, but uh was it Forza Horizon Five? Uh, announced that it will be releasing a new the new one number five November 2021. Jaren seemed to be up in excitement and up in arms about this. Jaren, <clears throat> please tell us why this thing is awesome. A uh, couple things. I think all video game announcements should happen like this, where if it's the first time you hear about it and you only have to wait a month or two to get your hands on it, I think that's a great way to do it. Um, Horizon is has a special place in my heart. I am a big fan of arcadey drivers. More so than like this, the driver simulations like Gran Turismo or the the Forza like actual game. Uh, so the Horizon uh, is it scratches a hell of an itch for me, and it looks absolutely stunning as you're probably looking at right now. It is absolutely gorgeous. All right, Jason, number eight. Any love for this, or is just well, my kid loves Forza. He plays a lot. Of, he I mean, it's weird because I'm not a car guy at all, but he's like, oh, this is the Bugatti XL5, blah 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 blah. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck that means, but he he, says, he seems to enjoy it. So like, if it's gonna be even better with even more cars, uh, I will buy it for him and let him play with it. Um, I will be like, I don't know what any of this. I got a Honda out front. That's kind of cool, right? So, right, right. <laughs> very reliable, very sturdy. Uh, <laughs> well, that will end Geek News. Yes, we got through it, guys, ladies and gentlemen. So now we're going to jump into what we'll be doing every single week going forward, our Loki update, because we're going to wait till the season ends to recap it and go over every episode. But now we're just going to give, in very short terms, our favorite or worst thing about the episode, and then we're going to move on to the next one. So, Jaren, starting with you, favorite or worst thing about the episode, or just you want to pick one, go for it. What is it? Uh, I mean, um, obviously the reveal at the end was pretty dope. Um, I also liked his interaction with Miss Minutes as a hologram. Uh, I thought that was fantastic. <laughs> he just starts swatting at her. She's just really about it. Um, obviously something's there. Uh, yeah, uh, I uh, am loving this series and I can't wait for now. I've got Rick and Morty on Sundays and then I got this on Wednesdays. I'm fucking I'm set for a little while. <laughs> All right, Duke of All Nerds, best or worst things about the episode? I just love, as Darren said, his interaction with Miss Minutes. He's like, are you real or recording? She's like, a little bit of both. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) That's such a great joke. And like um, his uh, interaction with Owen Wilson is just great. Um, Yeah, as Darren said, this is good little midweek little snack. I'm glad for it. I can't wait for the next episode. All right, um, really quickly, my favorite thing about it, I, it for, oddly enough, jet skis. You know, the episode, <laughs> oh, yeah, my favorite thing, favorite thing about the episode because you don't you don't have to put that in. I love yeah. things that don't have to be put in, but it brings so much of the characters. I think that's just awesome. Great job at Disney. The thing I hate, and I think it's becoming a running trend with me with Disney and Marvel, 
stop the mystery shit. Like, give me what the bad guy's goal is, good guy's goal, or a reasonable anti-hero. Go stop it. I'm getting because it builds this whole fandom of like, well, who is this person? Or what did this person do? Yeah. Like now people aren't even talking about the story anymore. They're so caught up in fan theories that we don't care about the story. I think it happened with WandaVision. We were so caught up in fan theories that we just really didn't grasp the levity of this story and what Wanda was going through because we wanted Reed Richards to fucking show up. So I'm or Mephisto. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I just need Marvel to just write and just give us give us the stuff. And I know they're gonna give it to us eventually. But I just feel like they just do this on purpose to be like, well, this is how we drum up stuff. You're fucking Disney and Marvel. You don't have to drum up anything. We're already sold. We're already buying the product. Just run it. So that's the only thing I dislike. Right, right. (laughs) We're paying to watch this. So they let you know how much. We won't pay for pay-per-view, but we will pay to watch this weekly series. So that's my only negative there. But that's neither here nor there. That's just a great with Disney altogether. Um, Let's go ahead and shift gears one more time. So we did start off the open with the Pixar uh, top five. And the reason why we did that, like I said, was because Luca dropped this Friday on Disney+. Plus. So um, who would like to start with this by a show of hands? No, I will. I'm going to start because I'm a trash. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) That was not a fair question. (laughs) Let me ask. I'm not going to trash this. Uh, This may be the most Disney-fied Pixar film that I've ever seen. I don't like that it's like that, but I did like the movie. Um, I always like to start with love. So my pros, great world world building, even though they kind of beat you over the head with the world building. Like, we get it, we get it. They fucking hate sea monsters. We get it, we get it. But I still thought it was a nice touch that they made sure that that was known very openly. Um, Luca's very likable as hell. Yeah. And I think with Luca and his vulnerabilities, anything that goes on with them, I think is handled very, very well. He's a good main character in the lead because he actually, it is a threatened menace involved with his character. So I do enjoy that a lot. Um, one of the big things I did enjoy about it as well is it pretty much is a new age Little Mermaid. I don't know if you guys got that feel for it. I felt like I was watching Little Mermaid, but just with an updated roster where to a great degree. So that's a big thing for me. Uh, now my cons. My cons are kind of going piggybacking off what Jaren said. Did Pixar just get lose budget for their animation? Because this is the same studio they gave you, like, Violet's hair. They gave you Meredith's hair. Like, it it didn't look the same. It didn't look like Pixar. It looked like you could have been DreamWorks. And I'd be like, oh, okay. So I, I didn't feel it there very well. Um, the other negative I had for it was, we talked about it, it was kind of formulaic. And I was waiting for the Pixar twist, as we usually say, like something that Pixar does, it just kind of pulls you in and like gets the heartstrings a bit. No, nah, I wasn't there. It was like, oh, they just accepted sea monsters because the guy with one arm was like, y'all better recognize. And they were like, yeah, we better recognize. All right. But <laughs> if that dude told you anything, you'd be like, all right. <laughs> right. And my last part of it is that, um, the villain was so unlikable that it took away from the movie for me. It, like, yeah, villain's supposed to be unlikable. He was like, it was almost so pretentiously over the top that I was like, this, this character's not even a human being. This is just, Disney was like, can yeah. we just make up a dude that doesn't like this shit just so we can have a movie? And they were like, yeah, sure. Here, generic villain guy, place in. So with all that being said, I mean, we'll go if we were referred or not, but those are my... Pros and my cons, I, I think it had the potential to be a lot better, but at the end of the day, it's Pixar. They never make anything bad. It's just we judge it against itself at this point. So, that are my thoughts. Please tell me why I'm incorrect or wrong now, guys. 
Darren, you want to go next? You can go sure, ahead. Uh, yeah, we'll let you wrap this up. Um, uh, yeah, so I don't disagree with a lot of what you said. Uh, sometimes Pixar gets into the habit of doing something groundbreaking with technology, and that might be a driving force as to why they create a, a movie because they almost they almost build a beautiful story around that breakthrough. And you're right, there was no breakthrough in this, none whatsoever. Um, uh, the water, I mean, we've seen water done well now, and I mean, that's a hard thing. I will say that I absolutely loved the location of the movie. Um, the, uh, uh, that whole place, that whole idea of like the, uh, uh, that countryside village that's right there on the, on the, the coast or whatever, and all the brightly colored buildings. Um, I just, that's places, it's places like that that I like the vacation. Um, <laughs> uh, the, the bat, yeah, the, the, the main little, little shit with his tragic mustache. I mean, yeah, he, <laughs> he, he, he was clearly the bad guy, but there was also that idea too, where you had the, uh, his partner in crime kind of having a different motivation completely than him. Mm -hmm. So that put them at odds occasionally, which I enjoyed. Um, I loved the girl character. She was, I mean, she's clearly the product of that, that one arm dude. Julia. Yeah. Yeah. She was. <laughs> She was, she was like, I ain't no, no one's gonna fuck with me. I'm weird. I know it. Let's go. Um, and uh, and I and that guy, her dad or whatever. Uh, I've already seen that dude in an animated movie. He was the dad from um, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. So I was like, shit, man. He he uh, he he left his, his his scientist son behind and went and had a new life on the coast <laughs> of uh, Italy or whatever. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I mean, it, it was formulaic. Uh, there wasn't a the, the story was fairly predictable from the rip. Um, and the bad guy wasn't anything to write home about. But other like it was there was a little bit of an emotional thing when you find out the kid, the other kid's an orphan, and how he I like how his story wraps up with the you know kind of like getting adopted by the other dad. So and you know. I, I like that a lot. Um, so it was a little, there was a little bit of a, it wasn't ugly crying by any stretch, but I was like, oh, all right, man, you stay there. You, you, you work with that dude. You learn a trade. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that was, and yeah. Jason, what you got for us? Well, okay. So my first initial impression of this movie, is like, this is like a really good student film. Like this is, mm. it feels like a really, really good student film. Um, there, there is not really anything I can fault for it, other than there's not really a story that's going on here. But the thing that that brought to my mind is that even at its worst, Pixar is leaps and years better than the other studios in Blue Sky or Illumination. There's nothing in this movie that says, "Oh, we got to make this for kids." There's no right. pop songs. There's no goofy little characters that are, I mean, like you could say like kind of the fish from the beginning were kind of goofy, but there were no minions or, or scratches or anything like that. This is literally just someone's passion project. I mean, I believe the director's like, I just made a movie about my childhood going to vacations in Italy. And this yeah. is what I want to do. And that's what we got was a little passion about, you know, vacationing in Italy. Um, I, I thought it was just a sweet little movie. It's not going to be on the top 10 list of best Pixar movies ever, but it doesn't need to be. And also it's just, it for me, it's just like, it's just better than anything else that any other animated movie that people are putting out there. Those other movies are going to make 
billions of dollars. And this one's probably never going to be thought of again, but it's still just like you can feel it. It's heart being better than everything else. And it's just, it was just a lovely movie to watch. And, and there were some funny things in there that like, um, they put it like kind of like a walk cycle joke in the beginning when Lucas learning how to walk and like as an starting animator, that's one of the first things you learn to do is do walk cycles. And they did this (laughs) this goofy little thing. And, um, I want to say at the end when Luca portrays Alberto, I thought Luca was a whole bitch. Right, like, right. Luca, they, never really, they never really solved that. They never really solved that shit, really. Yeah, like, kind of like bygones be bygones. And then he was all like, <laughs> Julia was like, oh, he's a sea monster. And then he swims away. And then she just all of a sudden is like, oh, yeah, Luca, you're a sea monster too. I, I But I'm not as afraid of you as I was Alberto. <laughs> but other than that, I was like, this is, this is a sweet little movie. And also, I feel like and you guys may, but I feel like uh, maybe Luca and Alberto were very close. They were coded to be very, very close. And I, I feel like that's also something that you don't really see in a lot of Disney movies. And uh, maybe uh, it's, I mean, maybe it's just me and I'm just putting things on there. But I, <laughs> I was like, because then they were, when they're dreaming about riding around that Vespa, they were. He went around riding on that Vespa. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And I mean, yeah, because they, they, they made it really known that Luca and the young lady's relationship was completely platonic. platonic yeah. Right, like they and, made that very, you know, very known about it. Was getting kind of, and he was getting kind of jealous. So yeah. I, I was like, there's some yeah. coding there that I was, okay, let's do it. Let's, let's be a part of it. <laughs> so... <laughs> I was, no, so maybe that's just my opinion. I don't know. Maybe someone else see it and see t- a totally different thing. But that's that's how I interpret it as. So look, I'm not gonna say you're right, but I won't tell you you're wrong either. <laughs> I would tell you that. Uh, but yeah, and I think just for me, um, if we would have like if we go through the whole what we were you know suggestions or not, and I think eventually we got to sit down, we got to come up with a, a real good rating system to get the because I feel like this is one of those movies where you need a rating system for because yeah, am I suggesting it? Yeah, but I'm suggesting it because the, like you say, the quality of kids movies. I think have stepped their game up a lot since Pixar has come on the scene over the last 20, 30 years. I, I would choose other things better than this movie to let me and my kids watch. And I've never said that about a, probably any other Pixar film except for Cars 2 and Planes. It may, it <laughs> I don't may even think Planes like. is a Pixar movie. Planes no, is Disney, it is. 100% Disney. Planes. Yeah, it, it is. We just, yeah, we just <laughs> fuck around with Blake. But I think maybe A Bug's Life maybe the only other one too just because I don't really care uh but like this falls in that power with me with them where it's like if, if it's a choice between me and my kids watching shrek and this i'm probably watching shrek if it's a choice between my kids watching this and hotel transylvania i'm probably watching hotel transylvania like i've never said that about but a very small group of disney films so yes i will suggest it if you have kids and want to watch it if you're just a grown-ass adult and you just like pixar i'm gonna tell you you could go and pass on this one man i just wasn't feeling it like that what do you think about this versus a Minions movie? I would take the Minions over over this. At least the Minions was fun. All right, all right. Let's be real. Luca wasn't that fun. Like, let's be completely honest. Like, it. I don't know. Maybe I got a different vibe. Look, Luca did not feel fun as a movie like the other Pixar. Like, Pixar is a way of just like again. We always talk about it's good for adults, good for kids. This one just felt like all right. This is a kids generic. Like you said, a film student movie. I agree like, with the, I agree with your assessment that this is not. A kids movie it's not it's yeah and i i feel like that's what i like about it is that this isn't you know they didn't go as i said they didn't go for 
anything that would really appeal to children at all, really, other than the fact that the, the main characters are kids. Yeah. I mean, who, what child cares about 1950s coastal Italy? No one. You know I mean? like, not one. But I think for me, as the and the animator in me, like this is why mm-hmm. I, I like the movie so much is because even though I said it felt like a student film, but like that's how things start. Like that's where sure. the the passion starts, and I I like that fact that it is you know someone's passion to do this. Um, but with that said, I also feel like if Pixar keeps making movies like this. Pixar is not going to exist in the next 10 years. And I also feel like Disney is kind of letting Pixar go because their last two movies have been direct to Disney Plus. They didn't even charge for them. They charged them for, you know, Ryan the Last Princess or whatever, or The Last Dragon or whatever, which is a Disney movie. And Shitty Milan. They charge for Shitty Milan. But they're not charging for for the Pixar movies. So I feel like Disney is just like, yeah, y'all do whatever you want. And then. Ten years from now, they'll just be like, "Oh yeah, you guys are done." And but as wow. as Hot take central. I think I think a part of that too is Disney. Disney when they pulled Pixar on, they didn't have any really decent three D projects. But since then, I think they've been looking at Pixar a lot, and they yeah. basically just cloned it under their own umbrella. So I because Disney Disney animated movies three D ones are great right now. I mean they they're they're putting out some some excellent. I don't want to keep belaboring it. Big Hero Six is fucking amazing. I enjoyed so Moana. <laughs> Moana. Hey, listen, Moana. I enjoyed Moana. All right. I mean, there's a lot wrong with it. They tried to do wrong with it. Tried to do a hero's journey where they started the the main girl as a strong, independent woman, and then through ninety minutes of in- adventure, she's still a strong, independent woman. Nothing fucking happened. So, I mean. Maui happened. <laughs> facts, facts. For her, character, for her character, nothing happened. She didn't grow at all. We need to have one day. We need to do a top five um, animated Disney animal list because Moana has some of the weakest animal lists. Like the, the, the I mean, she didn't have any animals at all. She had Hey Hey and Popo when they didn't even do anything. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. I'm saying the worst, worst of all time. Like you just tried to commit suicide the whole movie, <laughs> right? But there was a funny in joke where he's like, "Is your chicken eating the rock?" And then the chicken tries to eat yeah. Maui, who is the rock. Is the rock, right. right? Right. I did something very meta, very meta to get that for for the that was purely for the adults. Yeah, the kids. Yeah, yeah. Um. All right. Well. Oh yeah. So Jason, you suggest it, refer it. People should watch it. Not what? It's free on Disney, so there's no reason why you shouldn't watch it. Yeah. Okay. I, I agree. It is a slice of life. It's a smaller movie. It's not an epic background, but it is enjoyable. It's paced well and it's animated well. I yeah. I mean, it's free. I I hundred percent recommend it. All right. So two recommends, and I gotta ah. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, switch gears to something that we've been we've been hitting Netflix hard lately. So uh, another Netflix original. We have Sweet Tooth, which. From what I've been told from various different people, Robert Downey Jr. and his wife are involved in producing this. Uh, this is actually a DC comic uh, original. So shout out to Robert Downey Jr. getting money from both <laughs> sides. That's how you hustle. Uh, you're going to tell me Iron Man's dead? Well, I will tell you something, DC. And also, <laughs> thank you, Robert Downey Jr. for doing this to make up for sorry-ass Dr. Doolittle. Going to it. Um, <laughs> Jason, number A, what are your thoughts on Sweet Tooth? I enjoy this show thoroughly. Um... The source material is a little bit darker, and they made this show a little bit, you know, more family friendly. Um, 
the little kid, Sweet Tooth, uh, I can't remember his name, his actual name, but he well, was just, Gus. just Gus, yeah, he was just the amount of precociousness and wide-eyed hopefulness with, I mean, without being too annoying, like, there's a lot of ways that these characters, this the little kid's character can get very annoying very quickly, <clears throat> but, like, when he started to get annoying, they kind of, like, switched to another character, switched to something else. So it was like you didn't get too much of him to rotten out your teeth because he was so sweet. Um, <laughs> I like the whole the whole thing is is, is a pretty cool like sort of um, I like the world that they're in like where the the you know people are in this post apocalyptic world where most everybody has this disease that are that killed off most of the population but like then you have these human hybrid children. I kind of hate that a lot of people were less like oh let's just kill these things. Uh, I. But, you know, in, if it were me and my kid didn't come out like a little bear kid or a little puppy kid, but came out like a bird kid, I'd throw that thing out the window. So <laughs> <laughs> so I can understand where they come from. You so teach like, you no, we're just getting rid of it. Like, nope, not dealing with this one. <laughs> um, yeah, so like you know, like they have um, with the Indian doctor, they have a reason for why he's doing the things that he's doing. For the main uh, antagonist, you kind of he's got he's trying to save the human race in his mind, and that's a pretty um, pretty good motivator for most people. And even though I personally think after watching Little Sweet Tooth's journey, you know, think he's wrong, he he in his mind and his guys think they're trying to do the right, so they're trying to save their species. So I I thoroughly enjoy this movie. I thoroughly enjoy. I can't remember the actor's name, but he plays tall guy. Um, it's just awesome. Non so don't even try. <laughs> yeah. There you go. What's your that? I love their dynamic between the two of them. He's you know, at first he's like kind of in you know sort of just keep this kid away from me. I don't really like him very much, but I'm just kind of around around him, and then they form this like familiar bond and. They do that with Bear, too, and they all kind of form this little fam- family unit, and I feel like that's very heartening, and I like it a lot better than what the source material went through, where there was a lot of people being ripped apart by dogs and stuff. And <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I, I enjoy it thoroughly. Okay, Jaren, thoughts? Sweet Tooth. Sweet Tooth. Uh, yeah, I enjoy this one, too. We we basically went, in this in this week, as a group, we went through two apocalyptic shows and then had a like a palate cleanser with luca maybe that's <laughs> yeah, a little i do because i was like oh thank fucking christ just a normal fucking scenario um of the two apocalyptic shows i think this one would be my favorite of the two um there was a lot of uh i mean considering what we all just went through as a human race the last you know 14 or you know so odd months it's uh it, it's pretty impactful um that guy, that guy, tall man, non so. Don't try. Don't try. <laughs> this guy, as an actor, has been the most put upon actor by young little white kids from Ender's Game. <laughs> that little shit, Artemis Fowl. Oh, and now, yeah. this poor motherfucker has to deal with these little shits on the regular. And I mean, you can tell it's, you, I, I feel for him. I feel for the character. Um, I liked, uh, I liked. Their progression. I also like that the world understood what those hunters were. So anytime anybody saw his his uh, his Our. brand, yeah, um, 
they knew that he was a he was a serious and and bad individual. Uh, so much so that Bear, her reaction to him and their their converse, like their whole idea, it felt believable. They were like, you know, it was the first time she was saying that a uh, that a uh, one of those types uh, protected their their poacher. So she still mm -hmm. perceived him as a poacher, even though they were all tied up. Like like there's there's an ingrained hatred there that I thought was played out well. Um, I liked uh, I liked the family uh, where it could have ended there, but uh, ultimately you got to protect your own. And I get it. I understand that. Um, sorry for all the dead people. I think was the name of the episode, and it was a great, great line delivered in it too. Uh, and uh, and that Indian dude uh, in that really twisted fucking neighborhood. Oh uh, God. God. God, but that's so weird. Yeah, that Indian dude a answers the question. Uh, what would Adam Sandler look like if he was born in India? So <laughs> the entire time I'm watching this, I'm like, my fucking God, it's from Uncut Gems. <laughs> so that, that fucked with me the entire time. So it was hard to focus on him. But uh, yeah. And then the side thing with the, uh, the lady uh, and her discovering kind of her purpose and the adorable little piglet girl, which I thought oh, was goodness. absolutely yes. very different than the uh, graphic novel. Because in the graphic novel, that thing's a monster. Um, <laughs> it's it's like all nostril with a little bit of a head around it and eyes in the. Yeah, it's 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 tragic. You know what? Here, I'm gonna we're gonna put a picture up of of that. Oh. <laughs> Versus what you see in the show and the difference there, I'll I'll, I'll make that. I happen. do want to say the Gopher Boy was kind of jarring because uh, most of the, most of the kid most of the kids were just people in practical makeup with maybe some three D or some uh, visual effects touches, but then they put like an animatronic Gopher Boy, and I yeah. was like, what the? And it was like out of nowhere because you're expecting him to be like another kid in a costume. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, if, if Bill Murray had done his job in Caddyshack, that fucker wouldn't be there. But yeah, he would. <laughs> 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 Couldn't catch that motherfucker. So <laughs> facts, facts. Occasionally he was CG and he was kind of okay, but every time they cut to the front, it was a weird scenario. Sometimes the CG is bad and the practical effect is better. In this scenario, yeah. it's the opposite. Yeah, uh, it was so point. weird. It was so yeah. weird. But I mean, like he was still cute in a way. He has. Little, uh, yeah, little yeah, yeah, yeah. When they shot um, him with the net, when they shot him with the net, I'm like, they just literally shot a toy with a net, and I'm supposed <laughs> to feel something, and I don't. <laughs> There it is. Uh, yeah. um, all right. Uh, I did hate how uh, it ra I, I get to episode eight. Things are cruising along. And then getting I there's nine minutes left. I'm like, there's no fucking way this story's getting solved, finished. Nothing's getting resolved. Fuck. They did <laughs> some great things that make me really want to watch season two. And I understand that's the point. But come the fuck on, resolve something. Two more episodes is all we needed. We would have been, yeah. it would have been a yeah. full, complete story arc. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um. So sweet tooth, man. I feel like I'm, I'm not on opposite sides. I think I'm right there with you a bit. So my my notes is sweet tooth should have been salty, <laughs> but Netflix <laughs> made it really really sweet. But I couldn't wrangle the menace, so it kind of made me bitter. So what I'm saying with that, let's right. start with oh, some of the, the little, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, that's what I do. That's what, that's what sweet tooth brought out of me. That's what, that's what Gus brought out of me. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about some of the cons here, you know, like this world, it, it feels all lived in, but I feel like it should have been more. I feel because of look talking to, I think you, Jason, one of you guys during it told me that this was a graphic novel and it's a lot harsher, a lot more 
I mean, it wouldn't have made Netflix for what you know the graphic novel really was like. So I feel like the softening of the story, they softened the story of the graphic nature, but they also softened the menace of the whole situation, I felt like. Um, but as you guys being writers, I don't want to kill it that bad because writing a menacing world while still trying to keep things sweet and fluffy and light to a degree is a very hard balance in that. Yeah. That takes some expertise mm -hmm. in writing to get the harshness of this world, but also make it still lovable enough that you want to continue watching it without feeling depressed. So I don't want to knock them too hard for not, I think, accomplishing that well. But I think it does miss a little bit because you don't get to really see the brutality. All the brutality is more told to you and suggestive. I feel like a little bit of the brutality being shown could have really amped up some of the menace here. Um, the other part of it is the narration. The narration kills a lot of the menace too, because he already kind of tells you he's not going to, going to happen to the kid, but he <laughs> kind of already lays it out. They're like, so all the things he encounters that I think should be real dramatic, tense moments in the back of my head, I'm like, well, the narrator already told me he's just going to enjoy this adventure and learn new <laughs> things and see exciting people. So wh why am I feeling sincere? Like, we, we know that. So I felt like they could have scrapped a lot of the narration and it had been fine. Last one, too, on my cons list is uh, Abbott is a joke. Maybe he gets better in season two, but Abbott makes me think of what Jim Carrey is going to be in Sonic the Hedgehog 2. And those tones shouldn't be the same. Those tones should be nowhere near similar because we're talking about kid genocide in one and a fucking hedgehog that can run fast in the other. Shouldn't have had the same kind of villainous, villainous tone. So uh, that was <laughs> that's my problem with that. None of pros. vibes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now my, my, my pros on there are good. Uh, Captain Save a White Boy is great in everything he's always in. He's great in this one. He's constantly oh, saving out. white kids. <laughs> yes. like, is he collecting them? Is he like kind of got to save them all? Like he's like it is a, you know, a white boys. <laughs> right. It is an alternate wow. universe where all of them, he just teams up with Ender, Artemis, and Sweet Tooth. <laughs> and they just wreck shit in some alternate universe. Um, Like you said, again, Sweet Tooth, the, the actor that played Gus, Sweet Tooth, phenomenal. And like you said, never overstays his welcome. The acting here is really, really good. And if we do not fucking give a shout out to uh, Will uh, Will Forte, uh, Fortnite, I think it is. Who is it? Uh, Will Forte, yeah. Yeah, Will Forte, yeah, yeah. He is amazing because he is very hard to act with a kid actor, especially a kid actor that has no kind of substance and just naivete all the way through. He sells that relationship and that naiveness and the protecting father fatherlyhood. Like, he, he knocks out the park. And even the flashback scenes with them, he knocks it out the park. Because uh, you see when you get the picture, Sweet Tooth gets the picture, you're thinking, how is she fucking with this nerdy ass, like, <laughs> non? But, but then when you see the flashbacks, you see this dude was a really smart guy, very intelligent, which we should assume by how he set up a life for damn near nine years, un, you know, unwanted. Yellowstone right. Park or whatever. <laughs> exactly. So I should have gotten that cue, but even if I, if I didn't, they nailed it home perfectly in the flashbacks that this guy just wasn't a slouch. He actually was an intelligent dude that just maybe made some wrong decisions in life, whatever that may be. Um, and then also the pros of it is that juggling all those storylines at once to converge where it is. So I know Jaren had mentioned to me earlier, like before I watched it, that like, oh, you're going to be upset because it falls in that trope that I hate where you don't wrap up shit in the season and you make it linger to season two. And I usually come on the show and go, oh, I just would have waited till season two came out and watched it all together. Like, I'm different on this one. I felt like the initial storylines they gave everybody, they wrapped up. His, the, his Gus's job was to find his mother. We kind of oh. got that answer to a perspective of what we could do. That got kind of wrapped up. 
old boy's job is that he was trying to save his wife and he was trying to figure out how can he figure out how to do this without genocide. Well, we figured out that maybe he can't do this without genocide. <laughs> and that got kind of wrapped up. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> that kind of got wrapped up. Um, old lady with the zoo that felt her purpose or whatever. Hers didn't fully get wrapped up, but it did change her motives and her purpose now. Her goal was to make this place a shelter for everybody, which she did very early on. So she lost some urgency, but then once it got removed from her, it gave her urgency back. But her her storyline was wrapped up after like the third, fourth episode, so it didn't really matter at that point. So I would disagree. I think they wrapped up all the storylines pretty well, but they also let trails to say, hey, season two, now we're going to be tackling how she get her kids back. Now we're going to be talking how Gus is going to do in this basically the first real experience he's going to have with fucked up human beings ever in his life because he had to deal with it. How is the big man going to recover? And like, how is he going to like repent for all of his crazy sins? Bear getting with um her sister. Uh, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it is. Yeah, it's a whole bunch of things they left open for season two that I'm excited about. Um, So I did like it. And so if we were to go, if I would suggest this, I 100% suggest it. I just think if they do season two, I'm not saying you got to ramp it up, but you, you're doing, we're talking about child genocide here. Yeah. You got to give us a little bit of Those extra, like, baby animal kids that are like right. half little piggies and things. And they're like, how can you do that? If it was a bird one, yeah, I understand. But <laughs> <laughs> a little but piggy, girl, give, how do you not like that? But you got to give us a little bit of like the brutality of this yeah. world because it has to offset the sweetness, the care and the compassion we feel for these hybrids. We have to get that, we have to offset that with the brutality of this world. And like Jason, you said it perfectly well, it's hard to believe that everybody's on board with this. So show us why everybody's really, really on board with this by giving us like why they think this is like, so, but I suggest it. I'm hundred percent here for it. I can't wait to season two. I'm in. Um, yeah. What you got, Jaren? Uh, suggest it, not. Oh, absolutely. And, and yeah, uh, Reading ahead a little bit, it's semi-spoiler, but not really. But if, if you look back at it, uh, Big Man's son is definitely in that cage with uh, Sweet Tooth at the end. Yeah. 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 So that's going to be a big deal, too. Oh, oh uh, side note. I was about to be real pissed that he took care of his little white boy. He's about to leave his kid. I'm about to be like, oh, yeah, you're yeah, the yeah. black man trope? The black man trope of leaving his kid? And you're going to take care of his white boy? Yeah, when but he went back. So I was like, back right. into it, and he went back upstairs, and they were gone. Like, damn, yeah, they yeah. were moving real quick. Like, oh, he, yeah. he left. <laughs> Throw him out the window. <laughs> yeah, they they, they would have took his kid in his face. They they, like, they wouldn't want that smoke, so they wouldn't have yeah. in his face. <laughs> <laughs> they had to wait deeply, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, Jason, number A. What do you thought? Was you suggested? Yeah, I, I would definitely recommend this. You know, watch it with your kids. It's fun. It's good. It's cute. Cute little piggy girl. <laughs> But it's kid genocide. No, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> I know how to explain that part to him. <laughs> so speaking of another uh, world genocide here, we are talking about Black Summer, another zombie show that is on Netflix that um, the Duke of Alder suggested that we go watch because he was excited to talk about it. So since he's excited, we're going to let him start because I think me and Jaren have very differing opinions <laughs> about Black Summer. So go ahead, Duke. So there are several things that I like about this show. Um, I like the way that it's presented. I like the uh, the style that it's in um, little sit, little vignettes rather than one whole storyline. I like that you know you'll see um, things from different characters' perspectives um, as they happen in in, in various times. Um, there's a couple of things that I also like um, in most zombie fiction. Usually, especially if it's like a Zack Snyder movie, after a while, like 
people can just like headshot zombies like like they were marksmen and like that's not very easy to do hitting someone in the head with a pistol is not something that is easily achievable especially if you've never done it before and i like in how this show like it's not hordes of zombies that are the problem it's like one zombie is the problem two zombies are the problem because they can't just shoot them they can't they're not good they're not like you know superheroes there's it's it's a very for me a grounded take on like the whole zombie apocalypse sort of thing because it's not like there are thousands of zombies menacing these people it's just like one it's two and they're all and it's hard to take these down it's hard you're gonna panic when they run towards you and you're gonna stop and 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 scream before you you know you realize you have a gun there's also some very annoying things that happen <laughs> the number the first one has to be in the very first scene mom dad and kid are trying to get on the last army bus out of town or whatever army truck out of town dad is bitten okay dad has been bitten and he's still trying to go in this truck and as a parent myself if i had been bitten like and the thing is like we know what people will do because we kind of lived through this sort of thing in, in the last year or so you know if you got you know, the coronavirus, you're not sitting there like coughing in your kid's mouth. You like send your kids off to grandma's or you put them in another room. You know, you're not going to be like, hey, I'm going to get on the same truck with you, even though I'm a zombie. And then like he turned like 10 minutes later. So if he had got on that truck with his kid, he would have killed all those people. (laughs) And like there are a lot of stuff like that that happens in this show that is just like, are y'all even thinking like correctly? Like, do you even have any thoughts in your head? Like, there's a scene where um, <laughs> this lady stops for the dude and lets him in the car. And then the dude's Barbara. like, yeah, yeah, Barbara. Oh, and then <laughs> fucking Barbara. <laughs> and then they get chased by the truck and Barbara's not wearing her seatbelt and she gets yeah. fucking thrown through the window. <laughs> but there's uh, there's also some really cool things I like. Um, they uh, When uh, the girl gets hit by the car and they they follow her as she turns into a zombie and starts running mm. after people. I thought that was a really cool scene. But that scene ends with one of the worst characters, fucking Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> and him running off and getting and this fucking dude gets people killed. He's always making the fucking worst decision that he possibly can make at any given point. It's just like why are you like how is and he survives at the end of this shit like at the, all in <laughs> after all these much better people die he survives and it's just like that's some bullshit right there but other than that like y'all may not like this show like i like how it's a slower pace it's not like these are like fucking action zombie movies it's just like just really a storyline about a woman trying to get her kid trying to get back to her kid after her dumbass husband made a dumbass mistake <laughs> and I enjoy it. I watched all of season two, which came out on Friday as well. And there are definitely some really annoying motherfucking people in that shit as well. But it's an, it's, it's enjoyable. All right, y'all have all right. to go ahead and rip it okay. apart. <laughs> oh, I, you know that's why I'm gonna go first, and then we're gonna finish with uh, Jaren. Uh, my notes here is the zombie apocalypse it begins with the best follow camera angle shots I've ever seen in any kind of genre flick. And nobody knows how to hit a headshot. Thank God, finally, marksmanship means something in a zombie movie. Where's my notes? So I'm right there with you. I 100% on board 
with no one hitting headshots because it is a hard thing to do. People in shooting ranges have trouble hitting headshots. Yeah. Imagine as a target running to you, weaving and going and growling at you while you're fearful, hitting them in the head. So I'm agreeing with you 100% there. Um, I also want to point out, like, in, in, in uh, Army, of or Army of the Dead or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. in the end where the girl is in the hallway and she, like, she dead shots, like, eight zombies in a row with a pistol and then puts two on the dome of the, of the other guy. It's like, that, yeah. I don't care. Like, that's fucking, mar- like, top-tier marksmanship right there. And they can't do that in this show. They they don't do that at all. <laughs> right. Uh, I want to say that you could tell that this budget wasn't phenomenally great. And I think they did a great job with atmosphere, um, apocalyptic feel and dread with the, with the without the budget of like an army of the dead. And I thought that was great. I thought also a big thing for me was it did a great job with tension. They put their characters into small rooms and areas and made them have to figure shit out. And knowing that this menace can run at you and is very quick and agile as well. And it did feel like things that people would do were being done in this series. Usually you'll watch these and go, well, why the fuck did he do this? Well, you know what? The dude, the curly head dumbass, he was a dumbass the whole time. So why did I expect (laughs) him to be smarter when he got by himself? I didn't. So when he did dumbass shit, I was like, it's for the dumbass. So... (laughs) I, I I love the fact that it made human beings do human things. And as the seasons, the episodes go on, you see the evolution of some of these characters. And I know Jaren talks about um one of the main lead woman character, one of the sacrifices she does in the final episode, which I'm glad you didn't spoil it for me because that was fucking phenomenal because that's some shit I would have done when it came down to it. And because I know it's a spoiler review, she fucking executed one of the people she was riding with because he was dead weight and she didn't, they didn't want to keep carrying him anymore. Yes, fuck that dude. Sorry, man. It is what it is, man. I got to get to my daughter. You about to get all of us killed for your shit. So I thought that was great. Now my cons, my biggest con here, and I'm just going to leave it at this because I, I didn't think this was that bad or whatever. My biggest con is why the fuck the black dude got to be the criminal, man? That's all. That's my con. I'm done. <laughs> That's, it. That's it. I mean, he's, he's the only black dude too, man. It's like, yeah. It's not like there's many other brothers in the whole entire ser- series. Yeah. I got a Korean <laughs> man fuck, fuck them for that <laughs> so uh jaren go ahead all right uh i do have to say i absolutely agree with you um in the first episode and i don't think they carried it on as much as they could have, but i do love the the way they handled everything that happened in a time dilated scenario from different angles and they used that one car that was on fire as kind of like your marking point so anytime the camera switched around but it was still in a neighborhood. But then you saw that one car that was on fire. Like, oh, they came from this direction. And now we're looking at it this way. I love that. If they had done more with that in the series, I, yeah, it would have been great. Um, now, there are <laughs> scenarios like at the end of the diner where, you know, our, our two parties kind of come together. And I'm like, all right, yeah, sure. Uh, but uh, I loved specifically in the first episode the way they did that. Um, let's talk about that black, the, our black soldier, Spears. Yes. Um Motherfucker needs to stop letting people that he doesn't know hug him in a zombie fucking apocalypse. Like as soon as he shot that dude that had her hand, her feet right next to his fucking mouth and he popped that dude, she white chick gets down, turns around and gives him a hug. I mean, she's like nestled into his neck. Not a good look, my dude. That's a bad idea. That's how you get hit. <laughs> but he doesn't hey, get look, hit the look. whole time show. <laughs> look, look, man, that white woman comes to you with that, man. You you it's yeah. hard for us to resist sometimes. Us. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, bro. Ain't in an apocalypse? Nah, bro. Right, right, right. And you might like you might think she might be bit too, but you like, I could probably still 
squeeze one out before she. Right, right, right. <laughs> hey, turn around real quick. Oh, no, uh, you ain't got that. This fantastic. Just have you ain't got that. This incredible. Nah, we we'll wait. Uh, uh, our Mexican boy, our Mexican dude, uh, can't drive for shit, and then all of a sudden he's Tokyo drifting in that fucking minivan, like <laughs> out of nowhere, like running it, running over fucking bicycles and all kinds of dumb shit, and then all of a sudden he's power sliding through a fucking neighborhood. By the way, did they? I mean, as far as pacing goes, did they drive through that? Did they just drive in circles around that fucking neighborhood for like an like like three hours? Hours because they in that vehicle with all the driving that occurred, they did not make a whole lot of fucking progress. I'm just no that diner. If the people on foot caught up to them in the diner less than a day after they've been driving around for fucking four hours, most of these people when they come to their cars are stupid because they'll just be. Zombie Paul goes, I'm gonna stop and look at my map and and mm-hmm. <laughs> and wait for someone to come and knock on my door and and right. or punch me. <laughs> I hope I I hope and, and probably it's probably I probably won't, but because of the nature of how they did it from multiple angles, I hope I get to see that couple again that ran up to them in the alleyway that was like, I'll suck your dick if you just let us in. Like they they left them in a bad spot, but I mean, with the nature of how they tell these stories, it'd be great if those two showed up again, like down the road. Like they had their own fucking story, and now they're back in. Oh, you motherfucker! I remember you. You drove off that <laughs> you piece of shit. Actually, he's not there anymore. So whatever. Um, <laughs> drop the children of the fucking corn episode. Uh, pointless, pointless, pointless. Um, they got a I, death guy killed too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Being deaf in the apocalypse don't mix. No, nope. <laughs> <laughs> poor guy, man. That's the worst. Been, been dead. Been dead. So. Um, I thought I was going to be slick and I turned on the subtitles so I could understand what the Korean woman was saying, son. Uh, nope, that didn't work. So I had my Google translate out and I was replaying parts of the episode just to hear, just so it would translate what she was saying. Uh, she talked a lot about her mom and a lot about texting her mom. Uh, she also is, I think, aware that her mom is dead. So even though she gave that reason. Um, so, Curly head dude. Oh, go ahead. Being the only person of us three that's watched both seasons, like her mm-hmm. arc is probably the best one. Mm. She looks like a badass in the picture previews. She's got longer hair now or something. Yeah, is that her? The, the season two, season two takes place like four or five months after the end of season one. So right. like things have really, really degraded since then. But like there is a they definitely have a moral point with all these characters. And at the end of season two, they make a point with it and it's really, really good. I, at least I think it's good. I don't know if you guys all right. Uh, yeah, and and then yeah, that that curly haired dude fucking blows. Um, what? Just like he had the drop on a dude with a fucking axe, and like also when he's going in that area, he's leaving the doors open behind him. I'm like, close the door, close the door, close the fucking door, close the door. You know it's back there. Close the fucking door. Um, he gets that axe, and I'm like, finally, this guy's gonna get his his comeuppance, and then uh, gets it hung, and just runs like a bitch, and eventually. <laughs> in a camper after sleeping on top of a bus. And then the first thing he does when he lands in that camper is open the fucking door. Ah, <laughs> I can hate that dude. Also, uh, death and apocalypse don't work, but is that, was that old guy blind? And that was a seeing eye dog? Cause blind dude with a dog. <laughs> like, like I started thinking back, I'm like, did I ever see him do something that would indicate that he could see? Cause he followed a lot of people. You know what I'm saying? Like if that was his seeing eye dog, Maybe your CNI dog is just really good at his job. <laughs> like, 
what the fuck? These are zombies? All right, I got you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it barks, yeah he no. barks in the direction and he just unloads with that shotgun and hopes. <laughs> I actually like the Children of the Corn episode. I thought it was one of the better episodes, just how they played with that in, in the school. I thought that's pretty dope. Um, I just don't, for me, I just don't understand why the kids are doing that to people. Like, other than, I mean, I guess fucking kids left to their, uh, you know, devices would just murder people. <laughs> I guess, right, right. <laughs> like, there's no reason for them to do that. They could have locked the doors of the school and no one could get in and it's, and they would be fine. And they were fine in their yeah. little clubhouse or whatever. So I don't yeah. understand that why they were murdering people. And it's not <laughs> like they had any things yeah. or like anything to right. steal from them like that. Yeah, but so there's that, a lot. Uh, of put the little block out again to open the door. Yeah, like to, open, to keep the, the lure more people in. It's like, yeah, y'all, yeah. Y'all, y'all really that bored? Y'all got all the video games, y'all are <laughs> left unsupervised. Are you really that bored that you have to lure people in and murder them? I mean, like, that. Right. Now, I'm glad you brought that up. That's another fucking thing. They were playing a modern shooter, and anybody that actually plays video games knows that if you don't have an active internet connection, that game ain't working for shit. It's not working. <laughs> you can't play single player call of duty without an active internet connection because they got to make sure you didn't steal that shit so yeah, maybe they got a, a local ad hoc you know because yeah. they're in a school most unbelievable no the internet remember they all talk about the internet being crumbling oh, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. also the, the thing that i thought was pretty believable is that some people were like especially in the beginning episode some people were kind of blase about this whole zombie apocalypse yeah. and like at first when i first saw it i was like how can people be like so like Especially when, like, Ryan, like, they were standing there looking at their map when the zombie runs up. And then I realized, like, that's exactly how people would act. They would be like, mm-hmm. I haven't seen a zombie yet, so I'm not going to be all that urgent about yep. this until, until it happens. It's like, hoax. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I don't like that Florida in two days. Florida <laughs> would have been done in two days in this world. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um. Now, I know we did have a geek discussion that we were going to do, guys. We're going to probably save it for another day because we are already almost an hour and a half deep into this. And as much as I know our public loves to hear us, I do have to realize that the longer we go, the less likely they want to hear us. So (laughs) we will save that geek discussion or hot take discussion for another day. Um, Oh, yeah. So before we move on to the last thing of it, so Black Summer, Jason, number A, you're suggesting it? I'm suggesting if you like zombie stuff, there's no reason not to watch it. All right, Jaren. Uh, I like zombie stuff. I think it's too slow. Uh, it's not a recommendation. <laughs> okay. I, I will say if you are a zombie head, Joe, check it out and enjoy it. If you are not, if you're like one of those casual walking dead viewers, cause it just got so popular. So that's why you watch it. This ain't for you. This is for real, real deep down. Like I like my zombies. I like them. Like, it's surprisingly odd because Jaren likes the fast zombies. I like my zombies. I like them down <laughs> and dirty. And I like to actually enjoy, like, the characterization stuff. Definitely go for that. Uh, for me, I will say it is a slight recommendation because I do think it's a little slow. But I have a feeling that season two is probably going to be a lot faster because you got all the heavy lifting out the way is my thoughts. <laughs> so, and maybe they got more budget. Maybe. So, we'll see. <laughs> maybe. You have definitely a heavier budget. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. That's fingers fingers can- crossed. I hate the I hate the 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 tragedy of the idea that you um that everybody's got it. So even if you die not from a zombie, you become a zombie, which means I mean there's not much hope. 
I don't There's know. Still hope. You can still live and thrive and have a good life. Yeah, you if just you make, die of old age, you turn yeah, into a make sure time. that if you're if you're on the way out, like there's one th- cool thing that uh, in this crappy TV show, uh, it was one of the Walking Dead spinoffs, the latest one. People just mm. had bars on their doors, and so if you turn, you're not going to infect everybody else. Mm. You just you have bars on your doors, and that way everybody mm. can live happily. And if you die, you die just like you normally would. Just that now that you're a zombie, and you're not going to menace anybody else. So I mm. feel like there's still hope in there, you know, just a little bit. Yeah. Just a little bit. That's all you need. Just a it's little better bit. than a Zack Snyder movie where everybody just dies at the end anyway. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Everybody die if if you if you get some sort of normal like semblance of normalcy back in your life. People die accidentally all the time, and they're not surrounded by bars. There's car accidents. There's all kinds of shit, and then that just means fuck. Now there's a zombie issue in that particular area. Is there a? Yeah. You, still you can still live your life, and then you just adapt. You just adapt. You just start wearing masks everywhere, or you know, <laughs> muzzles. <laughs> or you might have like a you know. And the ambulance might have a guy with a shotgun on there. So, like, you know, when you run up in the ambulance, like, oh, he ain't making it. Kadoosh. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe to us. Uh, we have had a huge resurgence of people watching in our stuff, and I really, really appreciate it. But please jump in the comment sections. Tell us what you're thinking. Tell us if we're way off. Tell us if we're right on. And um, hopefully you guys enjoyed the show. Any closing words from you, Jaren? Yeah, just tell me why I'm wrong about Brave. Uh, I'd love to I'd love to debate you guys in the comments. <laughs> and then the Duke of all nerds, Jason number A. Be kind to each other and tip your servers. Absolutely. We will see you all next week. Peace.